Redesign. The market doesn't give a fuck. The reason so many of you are not doing what you want to do is you're scared to fail in some. You're scared that your brother will judge you, your wife, your girlfriend, your husband, and most scary, your mom or your dad. You need to eliminate that and or own that fear and put yourself in a position to succeed. Because with all of this, with all of this, we are now in the greatest era. For the first time ever, with no fucking money, with no goddamn connections, this can put you on the map. If you're good enough, if you are good enough to be up here, to make bling bling, if you are good enough, nobody's stopping you. Not fucking Donald Trump, not the fucking Russians, nobody. If you are a minority, if you are a female, if you are a transgender, if you're a fucking alien, the market doesn't give a fuck. If you make the best shit, you will win. Do you know how sucky it was to be a nerd 20 years ago? But now the market is rewarding fucking nerds and now they're rock stars. Clap it up if you're a fucking nerd. And that was your Monday morning motivation from Gary V. Shout out to Gary V. We've had him on Monday morning motivation quite a few times actually. He's got a point, you know, with that phone, anything is possible. Anything is possible. No excuses. It's up to you to execute on your ideas. Speaking of that, we're going to be uh, talking about how to make money online. Very popular subject, but we're going to be giving you some tips and also some resources on how you can do that and uh, start building multiple streams of income without the cliches, of course. Also coming up this week, new James Bond movie has been given a name and also a date for the release. UK homes are hoarding millions of unused gadgets. How many of these gadgets do you own? And also imagine starting a business on Instagram and then waking up one morning to find your account has been deleted. All of that coming up after the intro. Are you sure you can blame it on social media? Flexing is good for business. Spending money makes you money. Bitcoin down more than 30% this week. Redesigned. You've got to put in the effort every single day. Running a business isn't for everyone. They need role models and not just movie stars and athletes. We are the digital influencers. They're creating content. There's no denying the power of digital media, but it also poses a real challenge. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Redesign podcast. This is episode 41. My name is Andrew, aka Mr. Katebox, and this is the podcast where we talk about digital culture, technology, and social change, as well as a nod to retro technology, entrepreneurship, and new media, and also traditional media as well, especially when we look to the past. Um, yeah, I think I should do some more history lessons, actually. But anyway, welcome to the podcast. And um, if you are a first time listener, don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, share if you liked the podcast. Um, if you want to get involved in the conversation, make sure you chime in using the hashtag RedesignPod on Twitter. And of course, you can follow me and the podcast at Andrew underscore CBX 
or redesign pod on instagram so uh now that we've got that out of the way let's crack on with this week's podcast what old gadgets do you have lying around in your house right now have a look in that kitchen drawer i call that the bastard drawer yeah the bastard drawer i think every household has one you know it's a place where people keep their plastic bags it's a place where loose change charger cables bills random screwdrivers straws toothpicks and other miscellaneous pieces of crap live but anyway according to a recent story from sky news british households are home to too much old and unused tech with some of the most common old pieces of technology being mobile phones and laptops now it says that the royal society of chemistry carried out a survey of more than 2,000 people to find out how much old tech is actually being stockpiled and nearly half of them said they had as many as five unused devices funny thing is you could actually make a bit of change selling them possibly on ebay but we don't like ebay because of their exorbitant fees but if you're lucky enough to live in the uk you can of course trade your old junk for like new stuff or sell it for cash at a little gadget shop called CEX. They're basically like a computer and video game exchange shop where you can get like computer accessories, DVDs, games, Blu-rays, camera stuff. Um, I once part exchanged an old iPad I wasn't using for a PS4. But yeah, you get the point. Now, a lot of people don't want to get rid of phones and laptops though. Many people are paranoid about having their personal data getting into the wrong hands kind of true though because i've got like a 13 year old toshiba laptop under my bed i have no idea what's actually on there but the charger broke and i really can't be bothered to get a new one maybe one day i don't know but the top five most hoarded gadgets in no particular order are cd or cassette players ipods ipods you know do you remember those laptops games consoles and number five mobile phones obviously the top one is mobile phones most people that are holding old phones and stuff what's in your bastard drawer hit me up use the hashtag redesign pod hit me up on the twitter and let me know what's inside your bastard drawer what gadgets are you currently holding that you can't be bothered to sell or you've kind of like forgotten about now london-based fashion designer lost her entire business for a brief period of time after her Instagram account was hacked. So many businesses rely on social media. We're in a new paradigm and when you think about it, online, your website, your social media account is basically your digital cash register. It's just a vehicle for you to receive money. It's a vehicle for you to receive income. And once that is compromised, what happens your source of income is disconnected so as soon as your website goes offline as soon as your um, social media account gets hacked or you lose you lose access to it for whatever reason then that's your money basically gone it's so easy to get online and start a business as much as it's so easy to do that it's also very easy to lose everything if you do not have the traditional means of selling online 
for example, a website or an email list. So if we trace back to episode number five of the Redesign podcast, had a chat with Emmanuel from Happy to Host, and we talked about our websites still relevant in a social media world. And um, basically, we kind of like talked about how we're living in an age where we spend less time on personal brand websites and more on social media and how relevant a self-hosted website is compared to social media sites. So social media for me is kind of like rented accommodation. You can be kicked out anytime without any notice or with minimal notice at best in the best case scenario and you're not left with very many options should something go wrong whereas if you own your own website that is basically you buying your house that is a lot more secure in terms of as long as you pay for your hosting as long as you make sure that your site is maintained that it's secure your passwords are secure and stuff like that then nobody can take your website offline whereas if you look at social media people can report your page people can hack into your social media people can hack into your account and there's no support there's no phone number that you can call to get your social media back you're literally at the mercy of these companies all the way way over there in silicon valley like there's not a real person to speak to you don't have access to backups you can't put it back on there yourself so it's very very sketchy let's jump to a snippet of what actually happened and hopefully you guys will learn from it shout out to Bri Kotoma who's actually recovered from it I've seen her designs they're pretty good um you should check her out so let's jump into that right now when it comes to starting up a business particularly one that relies heavily on social media having profiles with instagram twitter accounts uh it all sounds great doesn't it social media it seems you get it for free you just need to log on and off you go great marketing tool for entrepreneurs and small businesses we know it's not that straightforward talked about uh, running that kind of thing many times on wake up to money well the freelancers organization ipsy has told us on wake up to money that nearly half of micro businesses so that's that's companies with less than 10 employees fewer than 10 employees effectively are victims of at least one cyber attack every year compared to a third of all businesses also says bigger organizations they can maybe absorb the shock uh, but tough for a freelancer and, and Bree, one just small part of your story can you just t- tell us what happened to you with your instagram account Okay, so um, I started my um, business and it was going really well. Um, I was able to gain a a lot of followers, I would say, in a short period of time. Um, I was close to 5,000 at the time. And um, I woke up one morning and my account was deleted. And I received an, um, an email from Instagram saying that I had violated some terms and I had done certain things that I I know that I didn't do. So... Um, so yeah, my account was gone just like that. And unfortunately at the time, I ran everything on Instagram. So when that was gone, that was the whole business gone. So yeah. Right. So <laughs> you can sort of, it's clearly it, it's bounced back, but you sit here comfortably. I mean, how did that feel in that, in that moment? You, you sort of log in and are you sort of clicking 10 times over? I was over? clicking a hundred times over. Like it, uh, it was crazy. I was, at, at first I just, I didn't want to believe it. So um, I called my friends, I spoke to my family and um, I tried everything. I started watching YouTube videos, actually. That's what I first started to do to see if anyone else had gone through this. Because I know that people get hacked all the time or people have their their accounts closed. So um, I watched those YouTube videos and figured and saw how other people went about um, getting their accounts back. And I started the process. But obviously, 
Instagram have so many users and it's like you can imagine how many people are going through this exact like the same problem so to get a response was the biggest issue really and just in just put in perspective that moment of time uh, how almost financially mm-hmm. what disappeared in that moment for you everything that because my business at that time was my livelihood like that was what I was doing full-time and obviously I um I am self-employed so if I'm not making money from working I'm not making money at all so I was just thinking like what am I going to do because to build back that type of following is going to take time regardless so um I would I would 100% lose out on money for a while. So I was I was really distraught. Mm. And honestly, I wanted to give up at that at that time. If your Instagram account collapsed, how would you feel about um, that? I've got all of about 12 followers, so I think <laughs> think the world would cope. <laughs> but those family pictures, what would we do if we lost all of those? There's more serious uh, issues at play for smaller businesses, though. We're talking about the risks to businesses from having their social media accounts hacked. Lots of entrepreneurs will use sites like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter to do their marketing, build up followers, in theory, saving them a fortune on those traditional forms of advertising. A few minutes in a Love Island ad break will cost you a penny more in the long run, wouldn't it? But it can also leave people exposed to having all that work wiped out overnight if someone gets into their account or it has to be deleted for some reason. Now, the freelancers organisation Ipsy has told Wake Up To Money that nearly half of micro-businesses, so that's those with fewer than 10 employers employees, are victims of at least one cyber attack every year compared to a third of all businesses also says where bigger organizations might be able to absorb the shock the money and data lost in a hack can end a freelancer's business and we've heard criticism from some of those small businesses they don't feel they get enough support from social media companies compared to the amount large ones would get and uh, Brie Katoma who's with us this morning creator of Barissa Katoma yeah Barissa Katoma Barissa Katoma yeah which is the brand name of your business. Yep, that's the brand. So you told us earlier, Brie, how one you you we've heard how reliant your business is uh your fashion design business on that Instagram account mm-hmm. and you logged on and it wasn't there. Yeah. You had those feelings of you know hitting refresh, clicking that 100 times as you said. So what actually happened next? So um after that happened I went onto YouTube, as people would, or, or Google actually at first, and I started searching um, what to do if your account has been hacked or deleted. And I found a lot of YouTube videos and a lot of um, just like articles um, talking about how to um, get your account back if that happens. So I started on that journey and I um, did the steps that I was told to do. And I did it several times. I did it for like like three weeks. I was doing you know, what I was told to do. And I just wasn't getting a response back from Instagram. And to be fair, Instagram do have a lot of people using it. So I can imagine how many people are contacting them, asking to have their their account like put back and stuff. So I can imagine why maybe I didn't get a response, but it was, it was horrible. Very, very horrible. We've also got Steve Kuncevich with us, who's a, a partner at the insurance and risk law firm BLM. He specialises in intellectual property, property, media, social media, crucially for us this morning, and privacy as well. Morning to you, Steve. Morning, Sean. So when you hear Bree's t- story up, up until this point, what what are you thinking there when you hear of a business going through this? Well, I wish I could say it's less common or it becoming less common, but it's only becoming more common every year. I mean, you heard the statistics before about how often this is happening and it's a trend we're seeing growing all the time. 
you can be agile in social media, but it can be very fragile as well. So if someone does hack your account for maybe a reason that you didn't see coming, that's your immediate revenue stream choked off. And certainly if followers see you disappearing for a reason that you can't easily explain, bouncing back from that reputational damage and knowing that it's not going to be easy to pursue the people that are responsible, that you're dependent on the platforms to help you, can leave you feeling pretty helpless. So what are the reasons behind this then? That's a fair question. I think because you know where micro businesses can set up very quickly, I think a hacker might assume that they will see the risk of being offline as something they want to compensate for immediately and they might pay out, they ask for money, but sometimes it's an ethical stance that they take. There could be any number of reasons that people want to hack you and unfortunately people willing to do so are just becoming more and more common. Have you got any idea, Brie, now what, what happened? I, I actually don't know. I couldn't say because Instagram, they don't give too much detail. Like in the email, they say for privacy purposes, they can't go into detail about necessarily why it was deleted. But um, but yeah, so I, I actually don't know. So Steve, are you entitled to a reason as to why your account might have disappeared? Well, Bree mentioned privacy before and the platforms are very, very careful now not to hand out information they normally shouldn't be or where they might face some kind of complaints on the other side of that. The fact is all the platforms have complaints procedures, but those complaints procedures are you know, under a huge deluge of complaints at the moment. There's an awful lot of people that they have to, uh, to deal with. And I think the sad commercial truth of this is that as they want to be seen as a good place to advertise, they tend to do with big businesses a bit more quickly just because they spend more money with them. So there are processes, but what the platforms tend to do is push the uh, responsibility back on the businesses and say, well, it's up to you to make your accounts as secure as possible, which isn't always easy. So what can you do if, if you were winding back the clock uh, and uh, we went to the moment before Bree's account has disappeared, what can you put in place to protect yourself from something like that? Well, the platforms will say things like two-factor authentication, thinking about basic things like password security, making something that's not particularly obvious. You know, there are random password generators in pretty much every browser on every app that you can use now. So thinking about this, treating it like health and safety is what we tell an awful lot of our clients. You know, doing a risk assessment, thinking about how much, yeah, if you're all in on social media, if someone gets to you there, if someone gets to your profile there, the damage could be immeasurable. So thinking about just basic cybersecurity, looking at some government advice on that is a really good way to start. Bree, um, do you wish you'd done something differently? Looking back, do you feel like you could have done? Yeah, 100%. I could have made a stronger password and, yeah, that's about it, I think, because... Yeah. yeah, too many wake up to money listeners having wake up to money as a password is, 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 not, is not a good thing. Um, Steve, thank you very much for that. Interesting stuff. Steve Kuncevich there, who's uh, a partner at the insurance and risk law firm BLM. So Brie, now I'm wondering, right, you, you've gone through that, but yet you are here today with your business. Yeah. What do you do? Start again from scratch or were you able to recover any of that business from before? No, I had to start from scratch because like I said, I didn't have any other channels by which um, I could contact my previous followers from. Are you you almost better placed for what's happened? 100%. I always say like, although it was a bad thing, it was something that was probably necessary to... um, for me to progress and for me to learn what I needed to learn and to take it more seriously as a business because before I wasn't even thinking about I could get hacked this could happen I was just very much into what I was doing and I couldn't believe like I said that you can start an Instagram account and run a business from your house and make that much money to literally do it full time so um, I think I was kind of lost in the whole like process of things but now I'm very much grounded and 
you know, like I'm doing things properly and taking it more seriously. So it was it was good. Edwin Morgan's with us from the Institute of Directors. Lots of small businesses, uh, a part of your group, Edwin. Lessons there, some real, real strong lessons for businesses there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we always used to think in terms of, you know, your website or your servers or, you know, the kind of traditional cybersecurity. But actually, if your business is entirely dependent on a social media platform, then actually it's kind of out of your hands. There aren't the same, you know, number of things you could do or people would say, you know, have a cybersecurity policy, follow this checklist, do all those things. But actually, if it's kind of entirely dependent on someone else's company almost... And like you say, when the you know if you're a, normally if you had a, a service provider you know and you were paying for that, then if you got in touch with them because something went wrong, they get back to you pretty quickly. But you're just kind of left in the lurch entirely. If it's and I feel like that's that's the problem with some small businesses. We get too into using Instagram and somebody mm. else's platform, like you said. Essentially, it is somebody else's platform, and we get too much like into using somebody else's platform and forget that we need to actually use a traditional methods like a website because mm. you know that that gives you like mailing lists and you you're able to store information but with Instagram you can't do that so so yeah I think um as much as social media is so powerful and it's amazing we need to remember that it is somebody else's platform mm. if something happens there's no backup have you got just we've only got 20 seconds what are you doing now to protect yourself from so i've got a website i've got instagram i've got twitter i've got facebook mailing list everything so yeah two fa or two-factor authentication is a very very good idea I mean, as we progress with social media and things like Instagram becoming more common for e-commerce, you will find that a lot more businesses kind of rely on platforms like Instagram as their main source of revenue and their main cash register. People are going to actually start shopping on Instagram a lot more. And that's also in the plans um, in terms of Instagram's expansion. So Instagram are on the way to becoming an e-commerce platform as well as a social media platform. So bear that in mind. So if you do have concerns about security on your Instagram business page, it is a very good idea to activate two-factor authentication. And all you have to do is inside your Instagram account, all you need to do is click on the three-button tab, access settings then click on security and then click on where it says it's the fourth option down where it says login security click on two-factor authentication so basically two-factor authentication lets you protect your account every time you log in and um, as well as a password they would actually need to have other credentials so this is basically um where they send you a text message with a login code or you can use an app such as Google Authenticator which is a free app on the App Store both on iOS and Android so use that app to set up your two-factor authentication so that when you need to put in your password you don't just put in a password you'll be asked for that two-factor authentication code and basically if you use Google Authenticator unless the hacker actually has the mobile phone which has that app on there with your codes in there there is absolutely no way they can hack into your account so make sure you do that if you are concerned about um, your the security of your social media accounts so I've just basically explained how to do that on Instagram I'll leave a link in the description of this podcast on how to get that app as well so yeah it's really important to make sure that you own your own website and if possible build a email list you can sign up for 
things like MailChimp or AWeber or Constant Contact or ConvertKit. It's up to you. You can start for free with MailChimp or if you want a few more options, you can obviously go for things like ConvertKit if you're more of a blogger or someone who um, sells tickets to events. And yeah, I'll leave a few links in the description for you to check those services out. But yeah, moving on. Things that make you go, hmm. Did you know a classic Hollywood film star helped invent Wi-Fi? Hedy Lamarr is a famous beauty of classic Hollywood. She was also mathematically gifted. She was also mates with George Anfield, an avant-garde composer. So during the Second World War, they both secured a patent for a technology that would allow radio signals to missiles to hop from frequency to frequency and avoid being jammed. The Navy rejected it at the time, but it took up to 20 years during the Cuban Missile Crisis, and that patent contributed to the development of numerous broadcast standards, including Wi-Fi. Hmm? Hmm. What we gonna do right here is go back. Way back. Back into time. Listen. What you're hearing is the brilliance of Stevie Wonder on a TDK cassette. TDK captures all the bass, all the mid-range, all the highs. TDK captures the wonder of the creative mind. That's why Stevie Wonder wouldn't think of using any other cassette. And that's why music lives on TDK. Don't let the world spin you around. With the new Nokia 7110 in your hand, you have the world at your fingertips. Turn and click to write a message. Use the Navi Roller to select from up to 1,000 names, each with up to five numbers and two rows of text. Life is too short to stand in line. The Nokia 7110 supports World Wide Web, Mobile Media Mode, an open standard which connects to services and text information on the Internet. Book tickets, check timetables, do your banking. I'm a big fan of movies and particularly James Bond films. I love Bond films. I love the technology that they have, like the spy technology. I love all that stuff. And uh, yeah, Daniel Craig's next instalment of the Bond series, Bond 25, No Time to Die. That's coming out April 2020. April 3rd to be precise in the UK and it's scheduled for release on the 8th of April 2020 in the US so um, I don't know if you've seen this the short video trailer kind of looks like a Rihanna video it looks dope it has only been known as Bond 25 until today when the official title of the new film was finally revealed no time to die. Though very little still known about the plot, except that Bond has now retired to the Caribbean island of Jamaica before he's once again called into action. And this is thought to be Daniel Craig's final outing as 007. I heard a rumour that there's going to be a black female James Bond character. Like Apparently she's replacing Daniel Craig as 007. I'm not sure if that's true, but if anyone knows whether it's true or not, hit me up, use the hashtag RedesignPod, because I keep seeing different things online, whether or not it's true. What do you think? Would a female 
007 work. Hit me up on the hashtag redesign pod, all one word. After a short break, we're going to jump into this week's main feature. In a world where technology is opening so many doors for us in terms of income, it can be quite daunting to kind of figure out where to start as an entrepreneur. So whether you're a full-time entrepreneur or just kind of need a side hustle to supplement your main income, this episode is for you. We're not talking about circles, pyramids or triangles, nothing like that. We're talking about legitimate and proven methods for you to consider if you want to start building those multiple streams of income. Now, there are two types of income to consider, linear income and passive income. Well, there's a third type as well, but that is really the holy grail of income, which is residual income. Now, this is the type of money that you can make when you're sleeping, literally. Now, let's start with linear income. Now, nine out of 10 of the world's population are accustomed to linear income probably even more than that and this is where you trade your time for money so for example in a typical nine to five job you'll get linear income when i make a million 95 when an option NSG have that song you know want to make a million nine to five isn't an option well actually nine to five is an option of course it is absolutely is an option it's a steady and predictable and regular pay absolutely nothing wrong with that the only issue with linear income alone is that you have no leverage there's only so much time you can take off work and your involvement is kind of needed 100 of the time basically if you stop working you stop earning now passive income is the term for income received when you won't necessarily be actively involved so in this case you'd be earning money from work that you'd put into something previously or something you've invested capital into to make returns so the most obvious example is maybe property or real estate a buy to let for example but in our case we're particularly interested in making money online so we're talking about income from youtube or referral commissions from books you might have linked to on amazon for example but you get the gist so residual income very similar to passive income but is recurring so that's over and over and over again so if i make a referral to a product or service as long as that is being paid for by the customer i'm gonna get a commission or a cut every month or every week or however often that product or service is renewed make sense passive income and residual income in comparison is what will give you much more flexibility more time freedom and scalability so the ability to like properly scale your income like move it from one dimension to the next 10x 5x 100x whichever that's not possible with a linear income that's not possible with your job there's only so much you can earn because there's only so many hours that you can physically give that company or that employer so basically it means you have almost no cap virtually no cap on your earnings but it all depends on how well you can organize your various streams of income 
Um, I'll be the first to tell you right now, it's not as easy as it seems. And I'm sure you've, you're already aware of some of those silly promises you see on the internet about being location free and, you know, living the laptop lifestyle on the beach. I mean, don't get me wrong. It does happen for some people eventually. But for now, we let's just focus our attention on, you know, realistic and attainable goals when it comes to setting up your online streams of income. Now, there are four proven ways I know of to make money online and perhaps you can work out a way to kind of integrate it with your existing business model if you want to free up your time. So the first one we're going to talk about is affiliate marketing. Now, affiliate marketing, Wikipedia definition, is a performance-based marketing in which a business rewards one or more affiliates for each visitor or customer brought by the affiliate's own marketing efforts. So, for example, you tell a friend to sign up to um, an email marketing service or a piece of software. What kind of software do I use most regularly? Oh, boom. Um, Adobe Creative Suite. So the Photoshop, Illustrator, uh, InDesign, Premiere. So I use that software and I pay a subscription fee of like £46 a month or £60 a month, including VAT. So £60 a month, I pay for that software and let's say I recommend it to a friend who also needs that software. So I give them my affiliate link. So anyone who buys from that website using my affiliate link, they'll get exactly the same product or service. But the difference is with that affiliate link, Adobe are going to pay me a percentage of however much that person has spent. So if they go for the £60 a month package, I will get, let's say, if it's if it's not recurring, if it's a one-off and I get, let's say, 10%, I'll get £6. For every £60 spent, I'll get £6. So I hope that makes sense. So if you can set it up where you are making referrals to multiple people, if you do it on your own, like sort of word of mouth, that's not scalable. If you do it using automation, so for example, if you have an email list of, let's say, for example, 10,000 people and people are constantly joining and you have your emails sending out recommendations to, you know, products and services such as the Adobe Suite. If, say, for example, 100 people buy from that link a month, every month, that's £600 a month and that's passive income. Do you see where I'm going with this? So this is actually practical stuff that you can do. It's proven. It does work. It's not anything to do with pyramid schemes, no meetings in hotels, no sketchy conferences in you know Rotterdam or anything like that. This is real stuff that is proven to work in today's environment. So I'd say eight out of 10 brands have some sort of affiliate or referral scheme. It's not something that's heavily advertised. It's usually in the small print on the website footer on a desktop. So check it out. See for yourself. Um, Lots of companies are involved in referral schemes. O2, Sky, um, Canon, DJI, Adobe, GoPro, uh, ASOS, eBay. Amazon has one of the biggest affiliate schemes going on at the moment. Um, One thing to note is sometimes you don't actually go directly to the brand. You can go through affiliate networks such as AWIN or CJ.com, formerly known as Commission Junction. Again, I'll leave um, a link to 
where you can actually get all of these affiliate companies. But yeah, it's a great way to monetize your content indirectly. That's how a lot of YouTubers make a lot of money. That's how a lot of bloggers make money. It's not always through direct advertising. It's not always through sponsorship. A lot of money can be made through affiliate marketing. So to me personally, it's the next best thing to sales, like working a job in sales where you're getting commissions. Um, sales jobs have kind of like got a bad rap, but I came up in the advertising sales industry when I first graduated back in 2007. I'm really showing my age there. And a lot of money was made before the, um, the financial crash in 2008 a lot of money was made especially in advertising commissions were crazy um, but in today's current climate we have the luxury of you know being able to create content such as videos podcasts blogs and based on the content or the nature of the content we're able to build audiences with specific niches and we're able to monetize that by using affiliate marketing and making affiliate referrals a lot of people don't talk about this i i don't know why but maybe because they kind of want market share for themselves i don't know a lot more people could be doing this but they're not um but it's there's there's loads of money to be made you know especially if you're looking to free up your time or monetize your content yeah literally making money while you sleep it is a no-brainer <laughs> A second way to make money online, membership sites. Membership sites are very powerful because it allows you to have complete control over how much you're making and also getting a hundred percent of the proceeds. So let's say, for example, you're a fitness instructor or you are a personal trainer and you gave a list of exercises, routines, diet plans and stuff like that you put that into video format maybe you put them into recorded audio format however you want to deliver it and you kind of charge people for access to that information so it will go through a website and they put in their login and through that login they can access the content but that content is behind a paywall so they have to actually pay or subscribe they actually have to pay to subscribe to the content that is something anyone could do with a little bit of determination, a bit of patience. You could create that content and then maybe do a WordPress site and then use like a plugin such as MemberPress or Wishlist. Or even if you go for an all-in-one solution such as Kajabi, you don't actually need to code any websites. You don't need to build the website yourself. It's all one solution. You can just pay a set amount every month and then all you do is literally upload your content and then it gives you the credit card part of it you know people can enter their credit cards they can enter paypal apple pay and all that stuff and you can get your money easier said than done but it is an avenue people are, are exploiting they've been doing this for years and years people are making six figure incomes from membership sites if you want to check out my membership site you can check it out cakeboxacademy.com and there i've got um I've got training videos on everything from branding, communication and internet traffic. Um, so check that out if you want to. But yeah, that is a really good way of making income online. Again, passive income. Passive income and residual income is the game.
These are legitimate ways to make money online. Don't get me wrong. They take a lot of work up front, but that's the whole point. Yeah. You're going to either invest time or money. If you want to make money, you're going to have to invest one of those two things. So if you if you don't have a lot of money to invest, then you can invest your time. But it, it definitely requires patience. It's trial and error. And it's not as easy as a lot of people might lead you to believe online. But definitely worth it if you can get it right. The third way of making money online is AdSense. Go check this out. Google AdSense. Right. So Google AdSense is basically a program that Google created for website publishers and also people who create content for YouTube to kind of monetize their content. Right. So um, it's not just Google and like ordinary websites. It's they have a whole network of content sites. So it may even like the the ads can show anywhere. Literally, it could be on Sky News website, could be CNN. These ad platforms are very very powerful right and they're reaching all the different corners of the globe so if you could take a slice of that pie for yourself you can make sick amounts of money right so how it works is you create the content so business owners who go to google to invest in like pay-per-click advertising they can choose where they want to put their product or service in front of they they look at where the audiences are and if there's a link to your audience if they want to target people in your audience then they can serve ads on the publications that you create or the videos that you create and then they pay google and then google shares that money with you so that's google adsense um, that is a that is the way a lot of YouTubers make money. Apart from affiliate marketing, they make a lot of money from Google AdSense. Look that up. It is something that you could easily sign up to. Um, even if you have your own independent blog or website or personal brand site, if you are blogging or writing content for yourself and you install the Google AdSense widget, you can then start earning literally passive and residual income well maybe not residual but passive income on the work that you have already done any blogs that you've got if you can build continuous content over time you know the money will compound and then you'll start to earn revenue from that so definitely look that up google adsense and the fourth way is building an email list we just listened to what happened with Bree kotoma you know if you have an email list that is an asset that no one can take away from you so you can back it up so so you don't lose contact you know it's something that you can build over time and it will become an asset to you that every time you post an email with a link to maybe your products or services maybe event tickets or even your affiliate links you're literally positioning yourself to make passive income like it sounds easy it actually is it's quite simple maybe not easy but it is quite simple but i'll probably do some workshops in the new year about how to actually do this because i'm going to get back on it myself did take a little break from it um but yeah definitely look at that i'm going to leave a link in the description for different like email marketing services that i have used in the past and also some that i've actually made residual income from so there's one company called aweber and they pay residual income for every person that you can get subscribed to their product. That is the truth about how to make money online. If you're trying to create a side hustle, 
if you get down with those four things you will have plenty of work to do you'll have plenty on your hands um just remain consistent and just 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 stay at it and be consistent you will definitely make some change along the way you could make a six-figure income if you're committed enough it depends on you it depends on the audience you're targeting and you know if you're determined enough so many different companies to choose from when it comes to email marketing you've got mailchimp you've got convertkit aweber get response drip yeah definitely a good way to set up those multiple streams of income you know monetize your knowledge make referrals secure that bag yeah if you want a couple of resources um to kind of help you along that journey two places i recommend i recommend the book the four hour work week by tim ferris and also smart passive income podcast by pat flynn those two are gold if you want to start making passive and residual income so before i go are there any effective methods of making money online that i've missed out or that any any that you know of that should be included chime in on the hashtag get involved in the conversation using the hashtag redesign pod or one word if you like this podcast don't forget to like comment subscribe leave a review on apple Podcasts because really that's the only place you can kind of leave reviews at the moment um subscribe on spotify soundcloud and yeah that is it we'll be back next week for more fun and games that's all i've got for now take care and bye for- we- 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 we-